Chapter One of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Helen Taylor, Oxford, UK. Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination, Volume One by Mrs. Gore. Chapter One such a nature tickled with good success disdains the shadow which she treads on at noon shakespeare the post is late this morning said mrs armytage having finished her second cup of tea and pushed away a plate disordered with chippings of eggshell and french roll while her daughter sophie to whom the apostrophe was addressed aware that her mother measured the proceedings of the world and the progress of time by a dial peculiarly her own did not venture to observe that as they had sat down to breakfast half an hour earlier than usual the newspaper could scarcely arrive in time for its usual office of concluding the ceremonial of the morning meal another moment and her forbearance was rewarded old simmons the butler on making his appearance to remove the urn placed upon the table in addition to the two daily papers two letters from the post-bag one for his lady and another a double one for miss sophia a double letter and in her brother arthur's handwriting what rich repayment for having forborne to tax her mother with being unreasonable mrs armytage of holywell park was one of those parents who while affecting to encourage in their family all possible freedom of thought and action exercise over their children the utmost rigour of petty despotism deluding herself into a belief that she was the most liberal of mothers she had been heard to thank heaven and the late mr armytage for having left her son and daughter independent of her so that no mutual restraint could exist between them although it was well known that this independence consisted in a provision of a few hundreds a year for each while she in her own right as an heiress enjoyed an estate of thrice as many thousands even while pretending to sanction the most affectionate mutual confidence between sophie and her brother it was remarkable how minutely she contrived to inform herself of all that was said or written between them mrs armytage was in short a woman of arbitrary temper whose disposition had been cultivated into all the ungraciousness of egotism by the indulgence of an inert and adoring husband what does arthur say she inquired of her daughter as soon as sophie reached the second page of her correspondence nothing particular mamma replied the young lady with a deep blush folding up the letter though manifestly half unread and insinuating it under her waist-belt as if determined against offering the contents to her mother's participation nothing particular seems to possess a very particular influence over your feelings persisted mamma whose temper had been already set on edge by the perusal of her own letter a missive from her london solicitor giving an unfavourable account of a lawsuit but do not distress yourself be assured i have no wish to pry into the mysteries conjured up between yourself and arthur thank you mamma there are no mysteries between us said sophie in a somewhat more decided tone than usual 
but i own i had rather not show you my brother's letter did i ask you cried mrs armytage apparently bent on being affronted no oh no only i was afraid afraid you would fain make people believe that i keep my children in desperate awe of me indeed i would not mother replied sophie casting around the room a glance which implied we are alone whom can i be intent upon deceiving yes i understand your meaning you would say now we are tete-a-tete i may triumph in having my own way there is no one here to notice in how many trivial particulars i can contrive to vex and mortify my mother sophie was for a moment tempted to appeal to mrs armytage's sense of justice against this harsh interpretation but warned by frequent experience that expostulation was fatal on such occasions and that it was better to leave her mother to the reaction of a naturally generous mind she rose from the table contenting herself with observing arthur desires me to say that he will write to you to-morrow i am much obliged to him no doubt he will was the indignant rejoinder of mrs armytage as soon as you have settled in what terms i am to be addressed and what is to be told me and what concealed between you and this hypothesis of the irate lady was unluckily too near the truth to admit of sophie's hazarding a word of reply she accordingly quitted the breakfast-room for her own apartment in order to bestow her undivided attention upon the communication of her brother for arthur's was indeed no common letter it was not as usual a barren catalogue of names a list of the persons whose balls he frequented or whose dinners were hospitably bestowed upon the only son of the rich mrs armytage there was not a single invective against his commanding officer nor a murmur against his mother's obstinacy in passing the season in the country no arthur seemed to have forgotten himself his whole existence was suddenly merged in that of another he was in love avowedly and desperately in love that however to his sister's knowledge he had been a thousand times before but a new feature was now added to his disorder which caused poor sophie's hands to tremble as they upheld the letter containing the announcement arthur was about to be married without any previous reference to his mother's wishes without so much as having acquainted with her the name of the object of his attachment he had actually proposed and been accepted his hand was irrevocably pledged and the ominous admeasurement of his marian's taper finger already under the custody of a fashionable forger of matrimonial fetters such are the destinies of positive people mrs armytage exercised in fact far less influence over the conduct of her children than many a parent indifferent to the maintenance of parental prerogative if i were to fall in love with an angel blessed with a peerage in her own right and a million in the five per cents was arthur's frequent argument with himself and occasionally with his sister my mother would be sure to raise objections and i shall therefore evade the sin of disobedience by settling the whole affair without her knowledge she will be much less likely to refuse her consent when she knows that resistance is useless yet although thus prepared for her brother's proceedings 
sophie regretted that he had been so precipitate she knew arthur she knew that to all his talents all his excellencies was united a very moderate degree of sobriety of judgment and though she loved him the better for his rash but generous singleness of heart she felt that these qualities were little calculated to exercise an advantageous influence over his choice of a wife her dear arthur was certain to make an imprudent marriage in this one instance perhaps the petulance of her mother's opposition might have been beneficial to his prospects but it was too late arthur armytage admitted that he was actually engaged actually what is called going to be married the projects of his settlement in life seemed fully organized he announced his intention of selling his commission and hiring a small place in some hunting county a farm a cottage on a an eden surrounded by low fences and green pastures where he and his marian might settle down to all the sublunary happiness compassable within a hawthorn hedge and four hundred and fifty pounds a year a world of intelligence was conveyed to sophia in this exact specification of income the amount sufficed to prove that marian instead of being a divinity with the often named peerage and the million in the five per cents was as unencumbered by worldly pelf as the most disinterested lover could require and that arthur had good reason to know his match was not of a nature to open his mother's heart or her purse-strings sophie was sorry whatever might be mrs armytage's infirmities of temper her interest in her children's welfare was warmly maternal and sophia felt that ill-advised indeed must be the choice which her brother had set down as hopelessly irreconcilable with her prejudices when therefore she reached at the end of his second page an admission that his adored marian was unenhanced in her attractions by the vulgar recommendations of birth and fortune that she was the offspring of a mr and mrs baltimore of baker street the mother ill-mannered the father ill-connected she could not persuade herself to join in arthur's self-gratulations that he should become the means of separating a creature so angelic from a family so thoroughly disagreeable it appeared that he had been introduced to miss baltimore at some ball to which she had accompanied a rich west indian aunt who was buying her way into society that marian's charms had done much to enslave him and the advances of her family the rest mamma always predicted that arthur would be taken in murmured sophie to herself when a second time she closed the letter and though i feel that he is incapable of bestowing his affections on an unamiable or vulgar-minded girl i do not half like this hasty match sophia could not presume to hope that the four hundred and fifty pounds per annum and the cottage in the hunting county would gratify the ambition of her mother for even she with all the liberality of nineteen and an honest disposition was of opinion that such a prospect was inadequate to the inherited and personal pretensions of arthur armytage of holywell End of volume one, chapter one.